0: No More snow. The coldest winter in ages. Then the freezing rain comes. Ice crackles all night against the windows, driven by a wailing wind. In the morning, a crystalline silence falls. The trees shimmer and glint, studded with icicle points. The world comes to a stop. Businesses shut down, hampered by collapsed electric and telephone wires. Stalled buses employees too nervous to venture forth. Schools close. Children hurtle down the empty streets, their sleds spinning out from beneath them. Flakes of ice continue to swirl out of the dark abyss of the universe above, and the ice settles in deeper, crackling. It's so wickedly cold that more nafique than ever pour into the world. They need 24-hour entertainment. They don't sleep. They just keep going and going. Typically, the gate schedules driving tours to fill up daytime hours, usually to some secluded part of the main coast where they like to dip their hands in the frigid ocean, or else a snowy expanse in the countryside. Last season, pictures went around of figures they build out of snow and ice—bizarre, twisted shapes, like stalagmites on acid. Everyone went nuts speculating on what they represented. Was it the homeworld? Was it what they actually look like? Who the fuck knew? Montreal runs low on serves, and Lucy gets packed into a van along with about 15 others, all Boston can spare. It's always a hellish trip to Canada, seeing as they have to cross over illegally on foot, passports being hard to procure for serves. The grueling journeys followed by back-to-backs with a clicky bunch who fancy themselves on a higher rung in the serve world, given how many more nafiques visit Quebec, suicidal snobbiness that Lucy finds hilarious. Their Boston group is reduced by two during the service, so Lucy claims the back seat for herself on the way home. She calls Eva. She's been on assignment in Montreal, she explains. Lucy went to Montreal, Eva brags to Phyllis, who visits every evening for a glass of sherry. Phyllis hollers in the background, You'll go, girl. Lucy can't help feeling glad to make Eva proud, even if it's all a crock. The bus rolls into Boston at about 6 a.m., stops at three different bunks, Lucy gets off at the last, which is a few blocks from the Leachmere stop on the green line. She'll have to transfer, so she's looking at a good forty minutes before she's home. But it's the best she'll get. The other serves are too thrashed to notice. she's walking off down the street. They can't be bothered to ask where she's going. Where does she live? As for the sentry driving the bus, she could fall down a drain for all he cares. She rides the line with early morning commuters. Zombies and scrubs. A few drunks. Suits bent over their smartphones. When she finally emerges from the tea at Porter Square, the sunlight slivers into her eyes, makes her sneeze. People look as she goes by, but she's used to it and her whole demeanor communicates, don't fuck with me. She's got a fat lip, ripped stockings, and a slight limp from a nafik kick to the thigh. Her cheeks are still dusted with glitter, her eyes smeared with coal. One lady even goes so far as to stop her and ask with grave concern whether there's anything she can do to help. Lucy ducks into a convenience store, in need of coffee and a pastry. She didn't land any assignments for today, so thank God she doesn't have to turn around and go to work. She's going to have a hot bath, eat a lot, and hopefully sleep. Inside the store, it's hot and steamy and already full of regulars, their puffy parkas cramping up the space. She feels it then. A jolt in her chest. Look sideways. His name is Ivan. He bunks a few blocks over on Summer Street. He's a tremulous, worn-out specimen who's spent too many years on the cheap dope that's all bunkers can afford. Lucy's always surprised to see he's lived another day. Hey, Lucy, he says. You okay? Same old, same old. Give me a coffee? Sure, she nods. Grab a Danish, too. She gathers up a newspaper from the pile. Pulls out her wallet. Someone says it's mighty cold and she ought to be dressed better for a day like this. She ignores him, unfolding bills on the counter. There are murmurs all around, disapproval mostly. She picks the paper up, scans the front page.